Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. God is good? And all the time? You know, I don't know that you really believe that. Let's try it again. God is good? And all the time? Amen. Amen. Uh, my name is Pastor John. Uh, I get the privilege uh, of being here. Pastor Keith is on sabbatical, as many of you know. He's taken time away with his family uh, to rejuvenate himself. And he asked me if I would be here, and I said, absolutely, I'd love to do that. Pastor Keith uh, has been my pastor for 15 years, uh, ever since we moved to Sioux Falls. Uh, he's a mentor. He's an incredible friend. And outside of my mother and father, uh, there's no one on planet Earth um, that's had a greater impact in my life. And so I owe a, owe a debt of gratitude to him and, uh, of course, to this church. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. It feels a lot like home. And so for many of you, it's good to see you. And for some of you that don't know, um, my wife Dana and I moved to Sioux Falls in 2004. Um, I was playing for this upstart little deal called the Sioux Falls Storm. Uh, that's how I got here. And uh, back in those days, they well, it was, it was quite a journey, um, but got to Sioux Falls through that, found Celebrate Church, and um, in 2004, we started attending here. 2007, our, our lives changed, and we had our first son. Uh, a couple years later, we had our, our second son, and then in 2007, uh, the Celebrate asked me to come on staff uh, as a children's pastor. I did that in 2007, and then in 2014, we started a, a location out in Brandon. Uh, we had a number of people coming from Brandon here into Sioux Falls, and we just felt like you know, we need to reach out to that community. And so I was part of that team and been there for five years. And uh, in 2016, September 11th, 2016, uh, Pastor Keith and the team here commissioned Dana and I and several other pastors to go plant churches. And so our location in 2016 became a church plant. And uh, God's been doing some amazing things in Brandon. And so I'm just privileged to be here. I hope to give you a little update on some of that uh, the amazing work he's doing through our, through our church in Brandon, and uh, it's a privilege to be here with you today, and so thank you. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up. We're going to be uh, in the book of First Peter. We're starting a series um, here and in Brandon, actually, uh, called Living God's Way. We're going to be looking at what Peter had to say to a group of Christians that were under a lot of pressure. And now I, I think sometimes we think that we're under pressure sometimes. Did any of you feel that pressure and that, that squeeze sometimes? Oh, yeah. you, you feel it, right? Yeah. Well, well, the Christians in the first century that Peter was writing to, they experienced a different kind of pressure, maybe a different kind of discouragement. You see, they were under the rule uh, of what was known as the Roman Empire. The emperor's name at that time was Nero. He was uh, spectacularly uh, crazy. If you know history, you know that this guy was unhitched big time. Uh, and one of the things that he enjoyed to do was to take Christians, to hang them in his garden, and then light them on fire uh, to entertain his party guests. This guy was absolutely one of the most brutal human beings that history's ever known. And if you questioned the authority of the emperor, or were perceived to question his authority, uh, persecution, imprisonment, we're in the future for you. And as Christians, they declared that the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that was a threat to Nero. 
It was a threat to Rome. And so Peter's writing to these Christians who have been persecuted, beaten, imprisoned, scattered, disowned in many cases by their family and their countries, their governments, and to say the very least, they were discouraged. Now, I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I get to live in a place like South Dakota in a country like the United States. Are you grateful for that? Amen. And And we know that it doesn't come free. We know that many men and women have given their lives that we can worship in a free, and may we never forget that on any weekend or any day. But the reality is for us today, we get discouraged too, don't we? Any of you like me in the last year, the last month, the last week have been discouraged? There's some of you that have been discouraged. Well, I believe this. I believe living God's way isn't living in a way where you'll never get discouraged. It's taking God's word and understanding that when you get discouraged, he's given us a remedy of how to respond. And that's what we're going to be looking at today is this letter that Peter wrote to his brothers and sisters in the faith. You see, our enemy... The devil, we we sang earlier, we said, no, not today. I love the words to that song because the enemy, his number one tool is deception. He's a liar. He's a distractor. And once you come to faith and you've received the grace of God through believing in Jesus Christ, once you've done that, see, you've broken through that deception. But Satan's not done working on you. As a child of God, he wants to do something to you. He wants to discourage you. And so Peter's writing this letter, and I believe it's very applicable for us today. He's giving us encouragement when we're discouraged. And so if you have your Bibles, we're in the book of 1 Peter. I'm going to read these verses. I'm going to pause one time to make a small comment, but it won't be on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles. If you have it on your phone or on a device, I would encourage you to be in 1 Peter. Uh, But if you don't have that with you, uh, we have Bibles here. You can go to guest services. We will get you a Bible But I want you to just listen to Peter's words, maybe as if he's writing them to you this morning. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. There's two words that I want to highlight in this translation I think are very appropriate, and the first one is aliens. Do you understand that living God's way is a call to live a life that is not of this world? We're called to live in a way that's not common to our world. We're to be in it, but we're not to be of it. And Paul addresses these believers with that understanding that you are to be an alien. And as Christ followers, we're to be in the world, but we're not of the world. It's very important we remember that. And here's the second word that I wanna highlight. It's the word scattered. You see, as the church, we have a heritage of being scattered. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus gathered his disciples, didn't he? He gathered them that night in the upper room and he showed them the full extent of his love, the Bible says, by washing their feet and by saying that the world is going to know you're my followers, not by what you say, but how you love. He showed that to them, he gathered them, and then hours later, his disciples did what? They scattered. 
They scattered in fear because Jesus had been taken away. They scattered in fear, and then after Jesus' resurrection, he did the same thing. He gathered them, didn't he? He gathered them on a mountain. It's Sunday. For those of you that follow the church calendar, today is Ascension Sunday. It's the day that, that, that Jesus went to heaven. And before he left earth, he gave last instructions. Matthew records them in Matthew 28. He says, what? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, do what? Therefore, do what? Go. Go. He didn't say, therefore, gather and stay together. He said, go. Where? To all nations, making disciples of all nations. You see, Peter's writing to a people that have scattered, and as a, as a person who found a home here at Celebrate over 15 years ago, finding that home and then being called to go, there's a little tension there, isn't there, between gathering and scattering. But I've got to believe because of the, the vision that God has given Pastor Keith and this church to reach thousands of people, it's imperative that we understand that tension of gathering and then scattering to places like Fargo and Omaha and Chamberlain, Brandon. Amen. It, it's important that we understand this tension. See, Peter's writing to remind them that even though you're scattered, you're still his children. And so this is something for us today. I'm, I'm going to continue. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Peter's reminding these scattered Christians, these scattered believers, these Gentiles, he's reminding them of three things that I want to highlight this morning. If you have your notes, I'd invite you to take them out. The first thing that he's reminding them is this, God has chosen me. God has chosen me. Dear friends, God the Father chose you long ago and knew you would become 
his children. I want to invite you to circle the word chose. As a believer, your salvation is no accident. It's no accident. It happened on purpose. You didn't do it. It wasn't a fluke. You didn't slip and get saved. No, you were chosen. You were chosen. It was God's idea from the very beginning. He chose you before you had the ability to choose him. The Bible says that God showed his great love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's an amazing truth. God picked you. Do you know why? Because he loves you. Because he is love. God picked you out of his great love. Do we deserve it? You guys are going to have to help me here a little bit, okay? I thought I was, I mean, I, I, we talk back here, don't we? Is that, is that okay, all right, so thank you. Um, I thought I was in Brandon there for a second. <laughs> we don't like to talk back in Brandon, do we? Yeah, just, just, just having fun. Um, but we don't deserve it, do we? No. Can we earn it? Of course not. Why, on what basis then do we receive it? Verse 3 tells us, according to his great mercy. Say it with me. Mercy. His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. It's based on his mercy, not our performance. We can't earn it. We'll never deserve it. God simply said, I want you. I want you. And that blows my mind. It blows my mind to think that the God of all heaven, the Alpha and the Omega, has chosen me. It's an amazing truth. And so I want to invite you guys into a little exercise. We, uh, Pastor Tim talked about exercise for a minute. Um, and I, I'm with you, man. I understand what that's like. Uh, let, let's do a little exercise. And exercise can be painful, can it, in some moments? Would you agree? Okay, but this, this could be painful. And you'll see that in just a minute. But I want to do a little thought exercise. Would you, for a moment, think about a time in your life when you were excluded? Or you were rejected? Can you think about one of those moments? I, I told you this might be painful to think about. Maybe going back into your childhood or in the context of a relationship or a setting where you socially were, where you were rejected. Now, I want you to think about the emotions that come over you when you remember that moment. It can be a painful time. It can be painful for me. It can be painful for all of us to think about that time when somebody recognized you, they saw you, and then they did this. It's painful. Rejection is very painful and it's very damaging. But now I want you to do something else. Would you with me for a minute? I want you to think and imagine a moment where you were accepted. Where you were accepted, you were included. Maybe you didn't even see it coming. Maybe it was a phone call. Maybe it was a card or maybe it was Maybe the boss came into your office and said, you know what, I've got a special assignment just for you. Can you think about how much different that feels when you were included and you were on the inside? I want you to think about those two intentions because what God has done is he has chosen you. He has not rejected you. He has accepted you and chosen you. When we get discouraged, we need to remember that God chose me. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Do, do you believe it? Because here's the reality. When we get discouraged, we've forgotten 
what God has said. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've never believed that or you've never received that. What I want to invite you to do right now is to just simply receive it. If you're comfortable, I'd invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. And in a moment, we're just going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a brief prayer to receive that. Father, I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've come up short. But I believe that you have accepted me. By the shed blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have chosen me, and I believe it, and I receive it this morning. Amen. Amen. You see, God has chosen you. And if you're willing to believe it, that can take you to where God wants you to go. God chose you. The second reminder that Peter gives us to the discouraged Christians and to us as well as this, God is working on you. God chose you and God is working on you. He, he writes this, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. What, what's this work that he's talking about? Who, who's doing the work? Who's doing the work? It's God, right? His Spirit. By the sanctifying work of the Spirit, what's the work? There's two things. He's changed us and he's cleansed us. You see, there's that moment of salvation and there's that process of sanctification. It's a two-part process. You are saved. You are now in Christ Jesus and then the rest of your life you're working that out. Or better yet, he's working that out in you. He's working on you. The New Century Version says it this way, God wanted you to obey him and to be made clean by the blood of the death of Jesus Christ. God's love is much more than changing you, it's raising you. He's growing you up. He's always molding us by his spirit. He's always making you more and more like his image. He's producing in you by his spirit fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Are you doing that? No. Who's doing it? Whose work is it? It's his work. His spirit is doing it in us. There's two great benefits that Peter reminds us of. You can fill these in as well. What are the benefits of this process? They're, they're very simple. Grace and peace. May they be yours in full measure, he says. Grace and peace are the benefits. J Jesus reminds his disciples in the upper room, he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, he says. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you isn't like the peace the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. How many of you today would say, along with being discouraged, there's been moments when you've been afraid? Yeah. I, <laughs> I tell you, it's a monster. Fear is a factor in our world. And, and I wanna share with you just my journey. I grew up in, in Max, North Dakota. Do we have anybody? At the first service, we had somebody who knew somebody from Max. Do we have anybody here that's from Max, North Dakota? Okay. okay. If you don't know where Max is, it's 10 miles straight west of Benedict, okay? Um, right on 53 there? Okay. But that's where I'm from. I grew up on a farm, my father's farm. And what was, I realized from an early, early day was your acceptance came from what you could produce. See, as a farmer, it's all about production. If nothing's in the ground, nothing's growing, nothing's getting harvested. There's no food on the table. So early on, I was brought up with this idea of production. And then 
Um, I didn't really, the farm wasn't really my thing. I like to play sports. I like to be on those fields of a different kind. And, and when you get into the world of sports, what's it all about? It's about, it's about competition. It's about performance. It's about what you can do. And so before I realized that I had accepted Christ as a five-year-old in our, in our trailer house, because in North Dakota we have these things called tornadoes. And if you know anything about trailer houses and tornadoes, they don't go very well. And even as a five-year-old, I knew something was, was, was not good, and I, I was afraid. So I cried out to my mother, and she said, John, it's okay. You see, if you believe in Jesus, even when you die, you'll be with Jesus, and you'll be with your family. And so as a five-year-old that was freaking out, that was pretty good news. But something happened over the next 20 years where I lost some of that. I began to become insecure because I based my acceptance on my performance or my production. It's all about what I could do. And when I was 25, my wife and I were a part of a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, and the pastor was teaching out of Philippians, and he said this to me. And it was almost like God was speaking right to me. He said, Philippians 1, verse 6, being confident of this. And immediately I perked up because I wanted confidence. I wanted peace. I wanted that, but I didn't have it. And so I was asking, being confident of what? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, way back in that trailer park, way back when you were five years old, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It was a beautiful moment because, it was a beautiful moment because at that moment I realized that God is working on me. See, the pressure came off because I realized I didn't have to do it all myself. I realized something in that moment, God is working on me. He loves me. He's not only chosen me, he's working on me. Maybe you're like me and you went to that Sunday school class where they taught you this song. If you know it, please sing along because um, I, I need some help, okay? <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I must have been the only one in that Sunday school class. <laughs> okay, okay, I gotta finish it, I'll finish it. <laughs> I'll finish it, I got it. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. You guys can, let's do that last part. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Hey, awesome. <laughs> when I learned that song, I had no idea what it meant. But at the age of 25, I realized something. God's working on me and he's not done yet. I've got news for you. He's working on you and he ain't done yet. He's working on it, and he's going to complete it. He's going to do it. Some of you have been going through some tough stuff. You've been feeling the heat. The pressure's been growing, but here's the news. God's working on you. Through the circumstances, through the problems, he's working on you. He's in your life. He's testing you. He's strengthening your character. 2 Corinthians says in chapter 4, this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing on us forever and ever. Here's the third thing that Peter reminds us. God's chosen you, God's working on you, God has secured my future. 
He says this in chapter four, God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Folks, you can't put a price on that. God has given you eternal life and he's keeping it for you. He's secured it for you. He's chosen you. He's working on you and he's secured your future. Ephesians 2 says this, it is by grace you are saved that it is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. That's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Some of you are experiencing fear in your life right now. You're afraid of making a full commitment to this godly life, living God's way. You're struggling with the commitment. You're afraid that you'll let God down or you might in some way fall short. Here's a, I think they call it a spoiler alert, right? If you're interested in living God's way and living God's life, here's a little spoiler alert. You're not going to be able to do it. Your best efforts won't be enough. It won't be enough. But here's the good news. God is doing it in you. He's, he's hung up for you so you can hang in there. You're not holding God back. He has your back. God is there for you. He's secured this for you. Paul tells us in Romans 8, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come, not demons, nothing in all creation can do what? Separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Peter reminds us again, he says, you who are protected by the power of God. That's a pretty good protecting power, would you agree? Yes. It's pretty awesome to know that our God is protecting us by his power. So that's good news. And as P Pastor Keith has said to us many times, I've read the back of this book, and guess what? We, what? <laughs> we win. See, see, when you get discouraged, remember something, that he's written the book, and we win. Remember that when you're discouraged. God chose you. God is working on you. He secured your future, and we win. And so I, I want us, as we close, to give you some, maybe a piece of advice. Don't lose your perspective. Wherever you are on this journey, wherever you may be discouraged or whatever's going on, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're going through. You might say, you know, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. And you're right. I don't. But he does. He knows what you're going through, and he's there with you. He is there with you. And he's working in you. He's working it out in you. And so I would just suggest this. You can ask God anything you want. But maybe we need to stop asking the question, why me? Maybe we need to start asking the question, why not me? Why not? How can I grow? What are you trying to teach me? Father, what are you trying to do in me? How are you growing me? Who can I encourage? And as I close, I want to just share this with you as, a, as, a, as potentially an application for you. See, remembering these truths, what can we do with these truths? Number one is this. If we want to really live God's way, we need to learn how to be grateful and thankful for what he's done. Amen. Can we express some gratitude to our Savior this morning?
This shouldn't be something we just do on Sunday morning. It should be a daily part. It should be a daily part of what we do. Express gratitude. I'm so thankful for my, my family. The beautiful, amazing bride that God has brought to me, Dana. <laughs> I, I don't say enough how thankful I am for you. I don't say how thankful I am for, for my, my children, for the community which I get to live, for the church that I get to be a part of. Amen. Express gratitude. When you get discouraged, nothing will break through the, the, the din of discouragement than being thankful. Express gratitude, and here's the second thing that I would encourage you. As you're expressing your gratitude, express generosity. I wanna show you some pictures. These are some of the folks in Brandon who over the last year have come to publicly acknowledge their faith through baptism. I don't have time to tell you all the stories, I'd love to, but here's what you need to know that's true about all of those people. Before Celebrate Church decided that they were gonna be generous and release not only a person that was a part of their staff, but a group of over 50 people, most of whom served and generously tithed. It wasn't just me and my wife, it was a group of 50 people that celebrated said, yeah, we're sending you. Those folks that you just saw pictures of didn't have a church home. They didn't have a faith. They were lost in searching for that. And because of the generosity of this church, guess what happened? They now have that. They now can greatly rejoice, as Peter said, because they know for a little while that there are necessary trials, but they now have a church family to be a part of. So we can be grateful and we can be generous to break out of those discouraging moments. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we give you thanks. We don't do it often enough, or maybe even sincerely enough but we give you thanks for all that you've done for us. And Father, I pray this morning, as we think about this day, this week, this summer, that we would make a renewed commitment to express that. Express it to you, express it to those in our lives, to speak it. And Father, I pray that we would also be people that would express it through our acts of love and service to those around us. Father, teach us that discouragement, that trials are temporary, but your love and your grace is eternal. May we remember that in those moments of discouragement. We thank you.